This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Welcome to episode number six in the Into Backpacking podcast series. This is Bird Shooter, and tonight on the show we have two friends of mine from college and backpackers in their early years. Kirk, a.k.a. Soul Glow, and John, also known as Hawkeye. This is the Isle of Palms interview, so you might notice some crickets chirping in the background as uh, we did this interview outside. But we had a chance to talk about their early 90s introduction to backpacking and my reintroduction, having taken the college years off, starting with some conversation about the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, which is, of course, the most visited national park in America and has some of the highest elevations east of the Mississippi, including the highest point on the AT at Clingman's Dome, around 6,600 feet. From there, we move on to the Linville Gorge Wilderness, located in northwestern North Carolina. Many of the trails there drop 2,000 feet from the ridgeline to the Linville River, and there's some very scenic campsites located down there around 1,300 feet. And finally, we wrap up discussing the Mount Rogers National Recreation Area, which is part of the Jefferson National Forest in southwestern Virginia. We talk about hiking to Mount Rogers. It's 5,729 feet, the Wild Ponies and Grayson Highland State Park, and the expansive views in the area that have you feeling more like you're in Montana than Virginia. That said, let me introduce you to Kirk and John. Thanks for being with us at the Isle of Palms interview this evening. Should you be re- using our real names? Thanks for. Well, <laughs> we're, we're embarrassed we don't have nicknames uh, as classy. Well, I think I've got, you, I've got you on the website as Soul Glow. Oh, well, that's just fine. <laughs> for your love of hair care products. Yes. Right. And I had you as Hawkeye, being a doctor, and you know, I'm thinking MASH unit, and you always carried a first aid kit. I did always have a gigantic first aid kit, yeah. among other problem. gigantic things. We won't mention I, those right now. I was always confident that if I, uh, you know, if I got a MASH Massive, massive tear in my leg. You'd stitch me up uh, on the spot, or at least put him, or at least put him under. Exactly. <laughs> that sensitized you, so you didn't care anymore. That's all right. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, tell me this, because I, I, I don't recall. Um, did you guys venture into backpacking for the first time in the early nineties? Yes, I did. Have you, did you backpack as, before? As far as Kirk knows, yes. As far as I know. <laughs> I think I bought a pair of boots and rented a backpack and sort of figured it out from there. You're actually mentioned no, in the in the John Zed interview as I've being interview. as being an inspiration to his backpacking. So it's the gift wow. that keeps on giving. You must have given him a couple of. Uh, Headbands. That just shows my <laughs> gift for colorful embellishment of my skills. He gave him the red and white headband to wear together. <laughs> yeah. I got one of the blue ones, I think. And we're a lot of headbands. A kerchief. I downed a lot of donuts. Yeah, that's 
So uh, anyway, so I guess to the point of the, the question is the early 90s was when I got back into backpacking and kind of took off the college years to uh, do a little bit of car camping, but not much backpacking. And uh, with you guys, actually went on some trips in the Smokies, Mount Rogers, Linville Gorge. I know, John, you've got a good story for us. Uh, Linville Gorge we'll get to here in a few. But uh, to kind of replay the tapes, Kirk, I'll start with you because you were the guy that actually uh, kind of kicked off my re-entry into backpacking with Jimmy Slate, a.k.a. Slaw Dog, I think as we, uh, we knew him on the trail. But that was, uh, if you recall, actually, October 10, 1992, you and Slate and I did a trip to um, the Smokies. We started at Newfound Gap. We hiked to Peck's Corner, a, a grueling 10-mile hike that day on the Appalachian Trail. And I, I don't know, you and uh, Slate were better prepared. You guys had newer equipment than I had. I had some old stuff from, like, the early, early 80s, like 1983. And my equipment was nowhere, uh, you know, as nearly as up-to-date as yours. We did a 21.6-mile round-trip hike, actually. And I, I don't know if you remember that first that day. one night? We spent one night that night? We went into Peck's Corner, and then we came back and stayed at Icewater Springs and then came out. Yes. But, it, but if you remember the Icewater Springs uh, night, we had some guys from Ohio, and they had some Jiffy Pop, if I remember. Do you remember the Jiffy Pop experience? Right, vaguely. Vaguely. Were, were we in one of those bear shelters with the uh, chain link fence? Yes. yes. We, we were actually. Those uh, those shelters don't exist anymore. They've since pretty much renovated all of them. I'm, I'm I'm dating myself. Them. Yeah. I'm dating myself. I'm guessing Jimmy Slate probably had the espresso machine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was that the night of the mice, or was that another hike I was thinking about? I think that that was the uh, that was a different one that we can get into. I don't know if we had too many mice that time, but that was the trip that we went to Charlie's Bunyan. And I think we'd hiked eight miles that day. We were exhausted, and we busted out some pudding uh, right around Charlie's. Like the best pudding I think I've ever tasted, man. Uh, and it was cold, man. The day before it had been hot and really, like, you know, we were sweating like crazy. But this day it got Chilly. cold. It was really breezy. We were hiding behind Charlie's bunion, like, you know, eating pudding and freaking best pudding ever. And then we got in the shelter that night and ran into those two guys. But, you know, this this trail is essentially running about 5,000 to 6,200 feet up on the ridges, um, and, and I'd done a section of this before with you and Slate. Um, it actually came later when he had his girlfriend. I think she was from San Francisco at the mm -hmm. time. And um, well, I'll take that back. That that was a different trip. But um, uh, another experience that I had was just before this with Jimmy, which was in August of '92, uh, and Liz's car had broken down and. We had to have it towed, and Tammy's car had a couple tires slashed, and um, so this was the second trip that I had done um, that year, getting back into the sport. But um, anyway, so I kind of got a case of backpacking fever, and then you and I had gone out with Slate again in October of 92. But um, so... What, I guess in the in the trips we've done, what sticks out in your mind the most? And I'll play back some notes I have from some of the hikes we've done. I can remember now, now that I know that those uh, old bear shelters are no longer on the trail, um, I can remember the first night, and I thought it was that night you were referring to, but I remember the first night that I spent in one of those. And we had a great time, and it was a great hike, and it was a, a relatively long day, time and mileage-wise, I'm sure, although I didn't keep track the way you apparently do. Um, but we got there, and... And you know, everything died down. We closed the chain link fence, and I remember being a little concerned about bear activity, but that was quickly overcome by mice activity. Because as I lay there and began to try to drift off to sleep in the sound of the wilderness, I had this scurrying sound going by my head across the wood. 
uh, on the sort of bunks, the two tier bunks that were in those old. It was shelters. mating season, probably. and it was definitely mating Life season. Mating season yeah. And I spent the uh, better part of an hour trying to get to sleep, and I, and I felt like such a wimp uh, with such small rodents scaring me that much. But I had my backpack, my mummy backpack. I mean, my, my sleeping bag, I should say, pulled up around my nose because I was terrified one of those things was going to get in my sleeping bag and give me rabies or something like that. So. Every season is mating season for mice. Yeah, there's, like there's that, yeah. On the trail. And I've, got, I've had that mice experience a million times. I think, so the time you're talking about, Kirk, I believe was November 14th, 92. You, Hicks, Slate, yeah, and I had, had gone with Liz and Tammy um, and done a Kephart hike where we basically started Newfound and dropped down to the Kephart shelter and then came out Kephart prong. But I believe it was that night that I was laying in my bag and I had a mouse on my head and I didn't realize it. <laughs> moving my head and I could feel it panicking and scurrying around. Remember inside uh, your bag or just on it your was head? just on my head. I had a fleece hat on, but uh, it was pretty fearless. And the, the elevations of that hike, you know, roughly start around 5,000 feet and drop down to 3,000. So it's a little easier than the hike we'd done uh, in October of 92 that year. So they tore all those shelters down there? They don't exist anymore. Well, they, they basically have rebuilt them. They used the original structure and they've, uh, they're, they're nice now actually. They're wow. open in the front. They've got like a big breezeway that comes out. Uh, they've got like a huge picnic table kind of set Can up. mice still get in there? Oh, God, yeah. Mice <laughs> actually make their uh, nest out of... Uh... <laughs> those, those mice are fearless. And that was actually the dude bear moment. Do you, uh, you oh, want to tell our listeners I, about I don't. I, I barely remember the dude bear moment. We, I, I think that we thought there was a bear because I, I seem to have a bear obsession, which I think it did at the time because that's all I knew was the possible danger of being on the hike. I wasn't worried about Could have been you know, a chupacabra. You know, probably. crazy people with, you know, not enough teeth walking around with 357 magnums, you know, running from the law. Yeah, right. Which I should have been more fearful of them than I would have been of bears at the time. Or chupacabra. <laughs> Any of the above. More like um, but I remember we, we, we were concerned there would be a bear out there, and, and someone, it might have been you, uh, 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 bear, uh, bear shooter. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Just Dude, it was bear, and it turned out to be a raccoon. It was a raccoon. Very beady little eyes that, uh, you know. Oh, because we were spotlighting with those little petzel lights. It was halfway up the tree, so it looked like it was a lot bigger than it was. I felt like one of those kids from, uh, from what was that, 16 Candles, where they had those little microphones where they were talking to each other when they had those petzel lights on. We spotlighting animals out there. Yeah, we were uh, we were in the shelter that night, and it was cold. I don't know if you remember, man. We spent a long time collecting firewood. Um, we, we got down there fairly early in enough time to get some wood, and we, we made ourselves proud. Um, but, yeah, I saw some beady little eyes out there, and we had the fear of God put in us about bears from the ranger and... Uh, you know, unfounded. I've been in the Smokies a million times and never seen a bear, but you know they're certainly there, and you certainly want to use your use your precautions carefully. How many chupacabra have you seen? Not <laughs> sure. I even know what that is. Actually, so Grimes, that actually gets us gets us to, to when we went out with you, uh, and it was you, uh, Kirk, myself, and Slate, and this was a trip we did in the Linville River. Uh, we actually went in the Pinch Inn Trail, which is uh, it's about a 1.5-mile hike in, and it drops about 2,000 feet. You remember how hard it is hiking in Linville Gorge? How well do you guys remember that? Oh, I remember that. I remember purifying water. That's the only thing I can remember. We had that, you had that accordion-style oh, yeah. water jug, and we were we had. We, I don't think we had the pellets. We had that little pump yeah, in. That was the first hundred yeah. years to. 
get it to work and more calories to actually, yeah. Right. So what I, there's two things i got to put back in your heads, right? So Slate and I had worked a full day, and somehow you guys had gotten off early. Oh, Kirk, I think you were living over in Raleigh at the time. I wasn't right? working very much at that time. I can say that I was working very little. I can say that now because my boss of 20 years ago is probably long since retired or dead, so <laughs> I don't really care. You, you weren't exactly much. missing it. No, exactly. and they weren't missing you <laughs> so much. So uh, uh, what I was doing somehow we could get it out. So yeah. Slate and I came in late. We came in as a little like uh, you know you guys, vin- vintage late '70s, early '80s Honda man. We're going up. We that. were not yeah, sure yeah, you had a Honda make it. Right. Yeah, we were kind of worried you weren't actually going to make it. Was it. A, it was a taupe or putty color, I remember. Dude, that thing was rattling like the Sanford yeah. Sunmobile man. The I don't know what we drove in. Was it just you and me? Yeah, we probably drove my Maxima. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know Maxima. <laughs> So I think the plan was you guys were going to go car. go down to the gorge and you were going to set up <laughs> camp. Those Japanese make good trail cars. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway. You guys were going to set up camp down on the river and we were going to come down and meet you. Oh, I do remember this, yes. And this is, I think, uh, one of the finer uh, Kurt Grimes moments in the backcountry, as I recall, right? Yeah, we uh, we got there before the sun went down. I, mean, I don't know, it was probably like five or something it was it was spring right it wasn't actually that the trail was still pretty overgrown yeah you're, you're so, right. it was spring so we was you know we were probably early hikers and we started kirk and i were going to go down set up camp and then meet you guys down there and that was back in the old early cell phone era i think yeah. you had a cell phone i had a car phone, yeah. car phone. Yeah. Yeah. it wasn't really a, squ- a little phone. curly q corkscrew <laughs> antenna thing it was probably so the, size, the size of your right arm so the last time we managed to make contact with you guys or leave a message that was the plan it was we were going to go down there set up camp and wait for you and so we start hiking down, and it's like straight down. It's like climbing down, hand over, you know, hand into the gorge. And we start getting down and getting down and closer and closer, and then the sun starts to go down. So now it's getting dark, and we can't really see where we're going. We don't really know where we're going. Um, but we start to get worried that we're not going to be able to find you guys. So, you know, I figure, well, we'll just kind of keep going down. The river's going to be at the bottom, and we'll find it, and there's campsites, and then we'll hook up with you guys later. Well, we get about, I don't know, we're almost all the way down, and Kirk, you've decided that there's no effing way we're going down anymore because we're going to get lost. And so you're like, I'm not going any farther. And I'm like, come on, man, we can make it, we can make it. And you're like, no freaking way, we're not going any farther. And I'm like, oh, we can make it, I can hear the river. And you're just like, dude, we got to I remember we kept listening for the river. That was the big part. And so literally, we're probably like 20 feet away from the river. And we turn around and go all the way back up at the top, hand over hand. And I'm like pissed. As just came, I'm just like, God. Blank. <laughs> We're almost there. Well, I remember Slate and I roll into the campsite. It's probably about 9 o'clock, and it is. It's April 93, so I don't think the times have changed yet. This is back before they changed the whole uh, daylight savings Before's thing. That, yeah. yeah, and so we roll in, and, and you guys have this massive campfire right in the parking area. Well, it's like, we, what the up, hell we literally it? got there. We set up camp behind the bumper of our car about 10 minutes before you guys showed up. Right. So, yeah, we had a, a campfire and a tent 
and then we all camped out. I'm not car. coming off very well in the story, but that's what okay. dude, you were you were <laughs> on the verge of panic the whole time. I think he was kind to you. So so far for those of you who ever listen to this podcast, I'm scared of mice and I'm terrified that I'm going the wrong way. Get lost. He's a regular outdoorsman. Yeah, well, if our bonfire was big enough, they'd come and find us. But uh, yeah, that was pretty good. And yeah. then I do remember purifying water with the old. That's all water I remember. I've, I've like blocked all my cowardice out. About a thousand calories. You guys, if you, if you, you know, the listeners, please check out the website. Look for the Pinch In uh, Trail at Livable Gorge and check out these guys. This is, of course, the early 1990s. But man, you guys were the preppiest looking backpackers I've ever seen. You got like a little bottle of Sutter well, John Home. John has the white turtleneck on and the horn rim glasses yeah. oh, and the Sutter Home. Oh my God, you guys look like a do rag, as I recall. You look like a cover shot for backpacker, the yuppie version. More like fudge packer. <laughs> 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 hey, you said it, not me. Anyway, so that's that's the Linville <laughs> That's the Linville Gorge trip. Uh, there's also some nice hikes down in the, the via the Bynum Bluff Trail and the Conley Cove Trail that you can see on the side as well. But um, this was uh, the hike that we did in April of '93 with. Uh, with John and Kirk, which leads us to our next big venture out, gentlemen. This was Mount Rogers. Kirk, I don't know if you were on that trip, man. I think that was Hicks, Hicks was there. Hicks, Hicks was Tammy, one. Liz. I think I missed that one. Did you miss that one? I was actually working at the day. <laughs> He's back <laughs> oh, Sweet. That time. That's, the actually, one week yeah. of the year <laughs> that's all you do you now, made man. You work. You, you made up for it in spades lately. Well, don't figure they won't pay you if you don't do work. So. Yeah, funny how that I works. Unfortunately, yeah. So, and Grimes, just to play back the tapes for you and, and get your take on uh, Mount Rogers, one of my most favorite areas to hike. I think, Kirk, you've been up there before, right? Mount I've been up to Mount Rogers, yes. So, hey, i got to give you guys this because you know Slate. So, this other friend of ours, Jimmy Slate, a.k.a. Slaw Dog. Um, before I went with you, John. Australia. Yeah, I think he's in Australia now. Um, Slate and I did our typical, you know, get off work at 5, 5.30, drive the trailhead, get there at pitch bark and decide to hike in. So we hiked in probably about a mile into a field where it was flat and set our tent up. Well, as you guys know, there's wildlife that roams there. And we no one had told us that there were, well, I won't even get into this yet. All I can tell you is it's pitch black, and Jimmy and I keep hearing something massive, right? Something massive walking around. So, you know, we're, you know how Jimmy, this is back when we first started backpacking. You're paranoid of bears because you haven't really realized. After they're... too many bottles of Sutter Home yeah, exactly. and uh, espresso. Exactly. So we keep hearing these big animals out there, man, all night, and we're like, you know, thinking there's some bear roaming around. Next morning, um, I think uh, Jimmy had unzipped the tent just slightly to hear what was out there, to look and see what was out there. This big schnoz comes busting in the tent. It was a horse. It's one of the wild ponies there. I do remember that. Yeah. So anyway, that was pretty cool. But, um... So the, the hike we used to do a lot of stuff started at Massey's Gap. Yeah, really. I would have wet my pants. <laughs> what did you think of uh, what you think of the Mount Rogers area there? Uh, it's great, man. It's flat and it's like mountain meadows with the rocks, and it's kind of an odd to be at that elevation. It's it's kind of an an unusual mountain sort of area, I guess, with all the rocks. Yeah, it looks like Montana. I mean, you know, it gets a ton of traffic. There's a lot of uh, both backpackers, hikers, and, and horsemen that use the area these days. And you're looking at elevations somewhere around probably 4,900. I think Mount Rogers itself tops out around 5,729, somewhere in, in that range in terms of feet. It is the highest point in Virginia. 
Um, but uh, you, but you're right, man. With those elevations, you never know what you're going to get. I was there with Hicks one time in October. We left uh, Charlotte, 70 degrees. We get up there. We're two miles in. We get hit with a blizzard. Absolutely get pounded with like an inch, inch and a half of snow. So you never know what you're going to get there for sure. But it's not real steep, though. I just remember you sort of, it's all rel- relatively gradual. You're up high, but you're always up high. There's not like a bunch of ups and downs. Right. I, I, the only time I remember going up to Mount Rogers, I, I, we, I hiked in shorts. It was in the, close to this, I was late spring. And it was one of those times that it got so cold at night. And I had just happened to have an old pair of long johns. It's the only thing I had that would cover my <laughs> lower extremities. And there's a picture of me, literally, with the long johns on and a fleece on. And I'm standing there, and you can see me shivering. And I'm standing next to this pine tree that's literally encased in frost. <laughs> But you've got a bottle of Sutter, Sutter Home. And oh, I had that. Sutter made it all, which kept me warm. <laughs> exactly. So, so the trip that I wasn't on with you guys, and I don't know how uh, much you remember about that LeConte hike, but wasn't that freezing in the middle of the winter? When did you guys go up there? Was that in the fall? That was, I think, spring. Was it spring it was or fall? Early spring, I think. It was the same thing, early spring. And uh, Kirk had the uh, like computer watch. That would tell oh the temperature and the temperature altitude and the altitude and you know your direction and G shock and uh, temperature know, date book or something like everything you could think of and uh, we same kind of thing we started off way down low it was the Allen Cave Trail and uh, so we start going up through you know the camera's hot so you know we're all wearing shorts and t-shirts and we get about. You know, we go through there. We eat lunch. I think we ate lunch kind of in like that, in the cave, you know, right there. And then we start getting up on the mountain. And then when you go around that one part where you're holding on to the, the you know, the cable that's on the side of the yep. mountain because it's like a cliff, you fall off, you're dead. And uh, it's all covered in ice by the time we got up there. And, of course, you're like... Reading off the temperature, I think you had an alarm or something. Yeah, so every time a certain five degrees would go. It but would you had to have the the stupidest thing about the watch is it couldn't be on your wrist in order to function properly because it was affected by the body temperature. Because <laughs> you wouldn't want to wear a watch. So you had to like hook it onto your backpack <laughs> so it would work correctly. And uh, it kept telling us how cold it was getting, and it, you know it started off really nice, and then it kept getting colder and colder and colder and colder. And so by the time we get up around there, there's ice on the trail. You know we're kind of hanging on. You this know. may have been the trip I remember with that I didn't have anything but shorts. Maybe you're... Maybe oh, I didn't have... Mount Rogers. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm thinking of this hike. We didn't... Uh, yeah, I, we didn't pack appropriately. We get up to the top, and like every every time your watch would alarm, you would tell us, and it was graphing everything. Mm-hmm. I just remember that. You're showing us the graph. Yeah, take like a 15-minute oh, yeah. interval and graph it on a bar graph. and you With the altitude. The downward sloping, you know. And the higher we got, the colder it got. And by the time we got to the funny shelter. Funny, funny how that works. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we get to the shelter and it's that same stupid, you know, I don't know, horseshoe looking thing with the uh, with the chain link fence on it. Mm-hmm. It was that same kind of deal. And with the fire, they had the fireplace at one side, and we got there late and it was dark, and so we were of course the farthest away from the fireplace. And there was a bunch of guys from like Alabama. They'd already remember. gotten there. They'd gotten there and they were eating. Stuff out of cans spam. It was like that, really horrible. Perfect you know, and, and you know they they 
we had, well, thank goodness, we had better gear, but they were closer to the fire, so it didn't freaking matter. Yeah, we had those little three-minute boil stoves that we oh, like, yeah. invested in. So you know, they were, you know, they were cooking in the fire and and warm and happy because they were right next to it, and we were like as far away, you know, as you can be. And yeah, there were mice running around there the whole time. But uh, I remember going, you know, finally, you know, as the temperature's going, it's below freezing. And I remember going to sleep and uh, remembering that my sleeping bag was only rated to 20 degrees. And so if it gets below 20 degrees, I'm wondering what the hell is going to happen. So that's all I'm thinking of is I'm going to sleep. Well, what happens if it gets below 20 degrees? Because you're telling me what temp, you know, what the hell the temperature is every, you know, 15 minutes as it's dropping below, you know, 20 degrees. And so, you know, I'm in everything I had on. I had everything on I could put on. And I'm in my sleeping bag. And the only thing sticking out was my eyes and nose. And I just remember going to sleep. You know, what happens if my eyes freeze? You know, as we're going to sleep, it gets below 20 degrees. And so, you know, I wake up the next morning and somehow I've gotten backwards in my bag. And so the hole is now behind my head and I can't see anything. So I wake up and open my eyes and I can't see oh anything. God, frozen and I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't see. I'm blind. I'm blind. So I sit straight up. And of course, we're on the top, you know, the top row of this thing. So I sit straight up and hit my head on the thing and I'm waking everybody up now because I'm freaking out because I thought for sure I'm blind and uh, no it just turns out I was in my bag upside down and somehow all turned around. That, that's a tough hike up there it's like a four plus mile straight up hike and I think uh, when you're up on top you're at least 5,000 feet you're probably closer to 52, 5,300 so I'm not shocked it was cold as anything in April. Oh yeah. But so now is that the last time you guys have backpacked? Together? Yeah well I at all um yeah, probably so. I, I, I don't. I think I went back. Because then you got a real job and you had to start. Well, yeah. I mean, really I, it was probably not long after that that I decided to go back to graduate school. And, and, and right before I did, I, I, you know, as often as a spark to sort of uh, impulsive activity, I, I broke up with this girl I've been dating for a while, and, and Jimmy Slate. And um, Slaw Dog, as you call him, and uh, a, another couple of my closest friends, John Zed, uh, and another friend of mine, took me out because I was really depressed from breaking up with this girl, and they took me out, and we went hiking somewhere uh, in Upper Virginia, you know, closer to you know the the the, the, the northern part of the, the trail in Virginia, and I can't remember where Shenandoah area, probably, probably somewhere, somewhere up there, yeah. And, and we went on a two-day hike, two-day hike out there uh, with tents, uh, which was really, really cool. I needed to get away, and it was good to be with people uh, that I'd known for a long time. But that, that probably was, so that was probably 94. So it wasn't long after that 93 hike was the last time I've been hiking. So I actually just thought of this, Kirk. Were you, no, okay, it was 94. I was with you, and we had snow. We were at Mount Rogers, and it was right after that that I went and did the through hike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, you, and then you did it right. Because you were I still have all this stuff. stuff. I still have all the back. Backpacking stuff. So it's probably my mother's attic. It was probably it was probably a year or two later you did the through hike. I did it in uh, the that summer of '94, and I was with you and because uh, I was uh, doing my internship in Virginia when you came through. Yeah, that's right. I you, picked you, up you, you and, and like ten people in my Honda that. Civic. <laughs> Dude, you guys were champs. You drove like three or four hours to come get us and haul us around, man. You and Hicks like didn't they hook, didn't we find you twice? Uh, we got, yeah. I got you in Roanoke and we got you somewhere else. Like yeah. uh, that's why I forgot you were my trail savior man i called you in like a hundred degree heat you were getting ready to fly like to the bahamas with zop somewhere and you were like hold on dude i got a flight later but i'll come get you 
Yeah, I think I do remember. I remember hooking up. You always had some random folks with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. That's yeah. kinda, that's well, kind of how you roll no, on the trail, no man. And, exactly. uh, and I took you to some hotel. Like, it was like a Holiday Inn or something. You stayed in a hotel dude. when you hiked the trail? Oh, dude. you got to have a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> your, your tent, your tent gets pretty funky. You know, wow. the, the hotel, and the best thing was, like, I can't remember. I, I remember taking you there. I don't think I, I took you back. But I picked you up, and I took you to the hotel, and you guys, like said, you spent, like, the next two days, like, it's swimming pool. in the pool. We didn't leave the pool. <laughs> it was, like, almost 100 degrees and super humid. It was brittle. But I, the reason I brought that up is because you guys were the guys I got back into the sport with. I, you know, I'd done it as a kid. I took college off, basically, to car camp and, you know, do what you do in college. But got back into the sport with you guys and continued on. And you slackers. You slack guys. We retired. Man, can't believe it. Unbelievable. Well, guys, I mean, any final thoughts here on, uh, on, on the whole experience? Like, memorable moments of your... Uh, you know, if I had to say one defining moment of your backpacking uh, lifestyle, what would it be? That sticks out in your head that would jump to you as a parting thought or any parting advice. We'll take that as well. Always have a bottle of Sutter Home with you in your in your pack. <laughs> Good advice. Or, or yeah, definitely bring liquor. Forget Gorf, just bring the Sutter Home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's probably not worth the wait though. Yeah. If you're gonna bring alcohol, bring liquor. There you go. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time on the podcast. We tried to do this last night, but uh, we pulled it off tonight. Too you know. many years. Happy to do it. Uh, good, it. Good to have this for the archives. So, gentlemen, maybe I'll drag you out on the trail again sometime. I love still, to do it. still have my 1990s. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll break out all the stuff. I'm, I, you know, so you got a Sutter Home. A little gas bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some yeah. Some all right, guys. Some fuel in it. So. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Dude, anytime. Thanks for shooter. Thank you for listening to the Into Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also download shows directly from intobackpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. Music for this show is provided by Jarrus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. This show is a production of Into Backpacking and is copyrighted by Into Ventures Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at intobackpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com.